Welcome back to the Bridge TJU podcast. Today I have two guests. It's very exciting. Hey guys, I'm Eric. Hi, I'm Faith. Yes, our two. This is my my marketing team. So it's really exciting that we could all get together and do a podcast. Um, we had our Bridge the Gap event. Eric and I were talking about uh, last month. How did you guys like the event this year? Any reflections? <laughs> um. I loved it a lot more than like last year and just like overall I loved it in general. I mean the topics were very engaging, they were very diverse in what was covered. Um, my favorite was, oh, I forget the like right word for it, but like the yeah. psychology one with like the masks and like oh, how you like act differently when you're with your friends or like if you're mm-hmm. out in public. Like, I thought that was very interesting because I'm not like, you know, I'm not taking any psychology courses, I don't know much about it. So it's really interesting to get to learn a little bit about that. It's nice. I unfortunately couldn't make the whole event, but um, the portion I was there for, I had a really nice time. I loved hearing all of the discussions, hearing a lot of different opinions and voices was really nice. Seeing some new people show up to this event um, who aren't originally part of the club, that was really great. I think it was a really good, nice time just to get everybody together and to hear a lot of good, diverse points of view. Yeah, definitely. And this was the first time I was a moderator, and it was definitely a different perspective. Um, I've I've sat on groups before, but I've never done a whole rotation at Bridge the Gap. Usually I'm taking photos or helping out elsewhere. Um, but being a moderator, it was nice facilitating those conversations. I feel like the hardest thing was trying to narrow it down to the time frame, because I definitely ran out of time. I feel like my topic could be like a whole event because I had so much information Um, and I I talked about steroids and um, anabolic steroids specifically and not a lot of people know about them so it was a lot of just educating about the topic and then going from there but overall it was it was a good event I think it I think it went well I really liked your topic I did too it was was interesting I wish, I know, I wish I could go more in depth. Like, I, I probably talked the most with you, Eric, you or Steven, but then as the rounds got shorter, I did not get to go through everything. Like, when you sat in, it was only huh. five minutes or whatever it was. Um, you did a good job, though. I feel like you really facilitated those mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we can do an event, not, like, specifically about steroids, but something to kind of draw in a different population of people. Um like the athletes or something yeah. like that um we could talk about like the nc like banning subs- certain substances stuff like mm-hmm. that um but moving moving on into some recent news um so there's been some disputes among the house as you guys are aware um this happened a couple weeks ago now but gates He's, he's known for his <laughs> hot takes on things, typically on the right side. Um, he's usually very vocal about his ideology. So he's one of the well-known um, members of the House. But he came forward wanting to vote out McCarthy. And this was because it was facilitated by um, the government shutdown that almost took place. And the reason why it almost took place was because of a spending bill. Um, McCarthy was having trouble siding. He was taking a bit of a 
bipartisan <clears throat> view, um, trying to get both the Democrats and the Republicans to agree with him on spending. And I think the hardest thing was with the money going to Ukraine. Um, so McCarthy decided to keep the amount going to Ukraine. I don't have the specifics, but he decided to keep it the same. So this caused um, Gates to get really upset because a lot of Republicans wanted the amount to lessen or even be zero, while Democratic Democrats wanted it to be more. So he just took the middle ground and said, well, let's, let's just keep it the same, go from there. And he didn't even come up with a spending bill. It just was on hold until November 8th, I think. Like, they're keeping the same thing. Um, but Gates got really upset, so then he started this vote out for McCarthy, which it, it happened, as we all know. I was writing this up before it happened. He was voted out, and... Yeah, I, that's just crazy to me. Um, I feel like with the recent events within our democracy, like this even reminds me of January 6th. Like, I, it's just crazy to me that his own party votes him out because I don't know if you guys remember, but when McCarthy was voted in to Speaker of the House, a lot of these extreme Republicans were in favor of him. And it was really hard for them to, p to pick a speaker in the first place because a lot of Democrats didn't like him. Um, a lot of Republicans liked him and then some extremists like really liked him, but there was still some issues about who they wanted to be speaker. So it was such a pain for Republicans to get him in and now it's his own party voting him out. It was like a bunch of Democrats and then a dozen or so Republicans that sided. Um, and another crazy fact, the next House Speaker will be the fifth since 2010. So that's like a very, that's, that's crazy that in 13 years, five speakers. Um, and the House yeah. hasn't changed like party control that often to warrant five different speakers. Yeah. So what do you guys think about hearing all that? Like, I just, I'm still blown away by how McCarthy got in and then they just voted him out. He hasn't even been in that long. No, it was a very short amount of time. <clears throat> and I feel like it's really reflective of politics right now. There's so much going on. And yet it's like the, the drama of it in a way of everything that's going on. Yeah. I feel like our government right now, I feel like politics in general right now, like, I think that's why you know, a lot of us are in bridge is to get it back, not even get it back, but just create it in a way that we can focus on what truly matters. I feel like a lot of yeah. what truly matters and goals that a lot of politicians might want to have, it gets lost in things like this happening. And it, um, I think takes away from what we really need to focus on. But I do think it's crazy that he was in and out so fast. His mm -hmm. own party was involved in his removal. Apparently that's Unexpected. a trend. So I, I found a fact that um, Republican, he was the, so the Speaker of the House before Pelosi um, was Dennis Haster. I don't remember. I mean, well, we weren't alive, but <laughs> um, he was from Illinois and he was Wait, can I ask for a clarification? Yeah. Like Pelosi, like, when she was first in, like, the 2000s? Or, like, yeah. when Sorry. she was in office? The, this was in 1998, so oh. it was before her first. Um, oh. He was, 
He served for eight years total, and that was the longest any Republican has had the job. So that kind of goes to show the patterns of the party being indecisive about their leaders. Um, yeah, so that's just crazy to me. Like, that's the longest someone has ever ran as Speaker of the House. And I just feel like the speakers in general, I've seen so many clips. I don't know if you guys remember when um, McCarthy was voted in, there was a bunch of clips that went viral of just how crazy, like they were acting like animals in um, the house, like they were getting up and yelling and there's a really famous photo of Marjorie Taylor Greene with her big like fursuit, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but she has like a big fursuit, she's screaming, yes. and it was, yeah, yes. it was from when they got McCarthy in, yes. she's heavily for McCarthy, but like there's just, they're acting like children and these are supposed to be the people that represent us. And, like, the start of any bills or ideas, and they can't even decide who their leader will be. Yeah. So. And this kind of almost-ish, like, happened before I just looked it up. Um, when John Boehner was speaker, a uh, Republican, um, during Obama's presidency, uh, he ended up resigning from the position because a group of hardline conservatives wow. were, like, trying to, you know, like, get him out, so, like, I mean, like you mentioned, like, there's kind of a trend going on, and, and there is that. Yeah, that, that is really, um, crazy to think, and the reason why this is important to know and understand how these things happen, it's just, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a law major, so I, I know probably bare minimum about the government. Like, I want to know how it works and, you know, who I'm voting for, what they do, their roles and everything. Mm-hmm. And coming up with new bills and stuff that then mm-hmm. goes on um, to the Senate, like, the House of Representatives is where, you know, it all kind of starts out in certain aspects. And without a speaker, nothing can progress, right? Yeah. Because the speaker is who kind of draws in the votes, right? Like, they kind of... They, like, plan everything. Yeah. Really. They're a very big factor in a lot of... Yeah. So without a speaker, like, nothing can proceed. Mm -hmm. So that means things are either coming from the president himself. Like, are the Senate... Do you know if they're able to write up anything themselves or does it have to come from the house they can still like write and like pass bills okay. like st- originating in the senate i think it's only is it only for like tax bills or something it, like the, that i believe start? um doesn't the house control financial like the, the power of the yeah. purse that's what yeah. i remember okay. thinking of <laughs> let so, me i will i will look that okay up for okay um but with just recent current events like we're two weeks without a speaker now I think two weeks. Yeah. So with just all the stuff that's going on in the world, like the U.S. can't, I if they're in charge of the finances, like how the U.S. isn't able to come up with how to control spending <clears throat> for current events, and it's just causing a lot of issues. And I saw too in the news, like I've been keeping up. Um, there was a couple candidates, Republican candidates, to be voted as speaker, and they both lost. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just looked it up, and just going to read right off the White House doc of the White House's uh, website. The House has, this is a quote, the House has several powers assigned exclusively to it, including the power to initiate, initiate revenue bills, 
and elect the president in case of an electoral college tie. So <clears throat> I feel like it's really important too. The government needs to be organized. I feel like without the speaker and everybody focusing on getting a new speaker, it's distracting. And it's distracting to like the public too. Yeah. yeah. Um, that scares me, like as a things. civilian, seeing mm-hmm. that the people we vote for can't even be just and come up with someone. Like, I feel like this is basic. This is their job. Mm-hmm. And they're working on this all day and they still haven't picked someone. It's just very infuriating, especially because I view people in government as having to be professional, represent um, the area they're from, and then with the president, you know, representing the country. So a big thing for me is, like, professionalism, being proud of being American, stuff. And this is, like, the opposite of <laughs> what I expect someone to be. Like, you you want there to be a certain level. I, it's, they're acting like a middle school <laughs> and classroom. S- speaking of professionalism in Congress or in the government in general, Personally, when I'm looking at, you know, who we're elected to Congress, it's, of course, the professionalism, but also, of course, political ideology, because it's what they, their goals, what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Of course, that. Of course, looking at, you know, are they qualified? Are they a good person? Are they going to, you know, stand up for people? So on and so forth. One of the big things I remember us specifically talking about, about Bridge at Bridge last year was the lack of dress code in Congress. Yeah, And I saw a video the other day, and I just want to know, like, your opinions on this. Like John for, Fetterman, yeah. our yes. uh, PA state senator, he wears a sweatshirt and shorts to mm-hmm. interviews, and oh. and I believe he just wears it on the floor, right? He, yeah. Is that true? I think that's a thing where he said, like, he would, while the policy while it was uh-huh. in place, that he didn't, like, once or something, okay. but he said, like, not often. He is recovering, I believe, from a medical, um, but I don't know if, I don't know if that's correlated. I is it's it? not. Okay, no, no, that's it's just, just it's not correlated. But I, I saw him in an interview, and he was wearing, like, this hoodie, and I, I don't know, I just, I feel like there was a lack of professionalism, like, I, I yeah. don't know. And that's his whole image, too, and I feel like he's, He's tried to make that. I remember when he was running, like, he's always been wearing the Carhartt um, Relatability. Sweatshirt. And he's yeah. trying to be like, oh, I'm just a general uh, Pennsylvania hardworking. <laughs> yeah, and guy. Then, yeah, and then you see facts. the facts, and it's like, he has never done a labor job. Like, he wears Carhartt, which is well, and, like, I always see um, people in construction wearing yeah. Carhartt. Yeah. And it's usually a lot of, like, blue-collar jobs yeah. wearing that tight. And he's wearing it. And you look at his history, and he's never had a blue-collar job his whole life. So I just feel like I would be offended if I was in blue-collar and I saw him showing up to the uh, Congress wearing that. And I think he got in trouble for it. Not in trouble, but he had to wear a suit for something. Okay. I I don't have the source. And people were backing him up and be like, he should be able to wear whatever he wants, like... I feel like if he's doing, like, official Senate business, then, yeah. like, yeah, dress up. But I think I just saw he was on, like, some, like, late-night talk show. Yeah, was, like, wearing the hoodie and stuff. That's like, fine. Yeah, who cares with that? Mm-hmm. But, like, with the professionalism, I mean, if, if we did that, like, in our future careers, show up in, like, sweats and, like... <laughs> Yeah, I would be embarrassed myself. Like, I 
I was it's I feel like the pressure is more so on myself like if this position it's socially acceptable to wear something and not dress casual yeah I'm mm-hmm. If, and he's new to it, too. Like, I would want to do my best. Yeah. Imagine, like, showing up to court. <laughs> Just, like, in the sweats. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's that's a good thing you brought up. I've, I've lost a lot of faith and <laughs> that's just interesting like, that really popped into my head when you said about professionalism and I was like do we take that do we consider professionalism in a politician one of the qualities to present themselves mm-hmm. in a way that's always been deemed you know respectful and that's just an interesting thing about yeah also kind of reminds me this is another aspect of the professionalism but have you guys um read about like lauren bobert like in De- um i was gonna say detroit i forget what uh-huh. city it was um but it was like she was seeing some play but then she got kicked out because she was like vaping <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like making huh. like just being a disturbance huh like member of congress like that's so confusing yeah i well she's another loud one Mm -hmm. (laughs) with uh marjorie taylor green and i feel like they're always trying to like make an act for themselves and like people on the left are too like on each side you have those extremists like i see those videos of them booing and cheering and whooping and screaming and it it really does remind me of middle school (laughs) Not in a good way either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but moving on to our next topic, I really, I want to talk about RFK Jr. I, this was very surprising to me. So in the news last week, he dropped out of the Democratic race to run independent for 2024 um, presidential run. And this is such a big thing because as we know, running independent is pretty ballsy mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know like a lot of people also won't vote for independence even if they agree because they know okay if let's say an independent is more right-leaning or they have more um, followers from the republican side if you're voting for the independent that takes away from the republican candidate and so then the republican candidate um has less of a chance of getting into the office and vice versa with the democratic party mm-hmm. if a lot of democrats favor the independent you know that harms the democratic candidate um so i and you know with his family history and um he, he comes from a very democratic family so this was very shocking and I saw his family even came out that they're disappointed in him but as far as Bridge's message like I'll just talk a little bit about him he if only we could get him on the podcast or an event <laughs> he is in my eye the perfect Bridge representative because I was not too aware with him like I didn't really look at what he's into when he, running in the race I haven't really looked into the candidates too hard just because it's a bit early um but he's always been more about looking at issues that directly affect the people rather than focusing on like larger scale things. Um, you know, like trying, I mean, it's important, you know, to get the government order. But w- one thing that really stuck out to me is like his concern 
Um, instead of just saying like, okay, the economy sucks, gas prices are too high, I'm going to lower gas prices. He is looking at the individual issues and um, he's trying to stop monopolies from buying out things, especially with housing, because there's a big housing issue um, with like the generation above us trying to buy houses. I didn't realize he called out these companies by name, Vanguard, Blackmar or Black something. I forget what it is. Basically, they're buying these homes and then renting them out to people at the maximum legal price. So it's really hard for new homeowners to find a place because they'll outbid everyone because they're these big companies. So I've heard him talk about that. I've heard him, he has a very interesting like stance on abortion as well. Um, like not to get into that, but he, his personal beliefs isn't what he believes. Like he's all about government control or um, changing that with the people. And it's interesting to see a candidate do that, especially one from the Democratic Party, because you know usually the Republicans are less about government control, but he's more about it on like rights and stuff like that. It's almost kind of libertarian, um, just believing like the constitutional rights to do this and that. Um, and he's also a big environmentalist. And I've heard him talk on a couple of shows he wants to find the common ground because he agrees that the left and the right are too extreme. So rather than siding with one of those solutions, he's coming up with solutions based off of the common ground. So he's like, everyone want, everyone cares for the environment and wants to help it, but the way that I do it isn't going to be like the left or the right. Um, I forget what he was going to say, but he's like, everyone can agree that these are the issues um, in today's society and what we fight on, and I'm going to take my own approach um, on where we have common ground rather than these extremes. Like, you know, a big extreme um, environmentally and with gas was when Biden shut down the oil rig lines like really early on and I know that caused a lot of controversy and I think it was Trump who said like as soon as he's in office he's opening those back up and for RFK he's like I don't care about this or that um I'm gonna take my own approach and he's been on a lot I know his funding is different too so I really respect that he doesn't have these big um leaders funding him with a lot of money like the other um parties do with the big candidates like trump and biden they're getting a lot of money for their campaign he's doing a lot independently um and he's been on podcasts i think he was on with joe rogan he might have been on with theo vaughn as well um i don't know who else he talked with bobby lee if you know who that is like he's talked to a lot of comedians and like popular people today and that really struck me so yeah that's that's my spiel on him <laughs> interesting i don't know much about him but yeah. i'm i need to i did watch um one of the gop debates mm-hmm. um a few weeks ago but i need to um that's like all i've done so far just i was interested to see some of their candidates, and I need to delve more into the next presidential election. Yeah. Um, and the candidates, and looking into who's doing what. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's also, like, he's kind of, this cracked me up. Um, 
he's brought up a couple times like talking about conspiracy theories and stuff which i think is really funny as a candidate like he's trying to expose the government for like dirty secrets and stuff so i feel like because of that there's no way he'll ever win because he agrees that they're up to some shady things oh yeah and And because of that you know the they're not gonna like that no 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 I'm pretty sure I saw one thing um, that, you know, running as an independent, um, he would take more votes away from Trump than he would from Biden if it was, like, a potential I did see that rematch between the two of them, which I found so kind of interesting because he was, you know, running as a Democrat up until, oh. um, I don't know, what was it, like, Whenever. <laughs> Up until recently, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, so I just, I went on his campaign page, and I don't know how much has changed since he declared uh, running independent. Um, so his biggest priorities are his economic policy, and he said his focus is going to be at the people's economy, not the war economy or bank economy. And I thought that was interesting because you hear a lot of candidates just focusing on like the money going to Ukraine or any other places or banks. And I think he was also going to he wanted to put a law into place regarding interest rates with the, the home buying, which I thought was really interesting because he said also like the companies giving out the loans it's crazy so he wants to cap it at a certain amount and have a government program that will guarantee you a loan no matter what so to encourage more people to buy homes because he says it's just it's going to keep getting worse and worse if more of these monopolies are going to be buying homes and it's not being you know sold from person to person um he also he talks about the border i don't see too much in detail Um, But he focuses on his immigration policy. Um, Another big one is environmental policy. He's an environmental lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting, too, is like an independent focusing on um, the environment. So he really cares about like national parks and this and that. So he wants to focus on natural inheritance of America the beautiful (laughs) Um, he wants to focus on chronic disease and this was another thing that I thought was interesting so he is all for um, solving issues and like chronic health rather than big pharma and I've never heard a politician talk about big pharma because that's how the government gets a lot of their money interesting well, he called them out. Interesting. I last year, um, Eric and I took conspiracy theories uh-huh. class. It was, um, did you drink it last year? Or yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. It. <laughs> <laughs> I like for a second doubted myself because I remember being in that class with you. But then when I looked over, I couldn't tell, so I was like, just a. <laughs> but um, I I did the presentation at the end of the year on big pharma mm-hmm. and the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma and the opioid crisis yeah. and oh the it's such a it, dark rabbit hole and then yeah. this summer on Netflix the documentary came out about mm. big pharma and the opioid epidemic and it it's just the world of big pharma and the whole opioid epidemic 
that just yeah when I researched that that's and I think he's going into like food too like he's big Mm. about and I myself am like big on looking into you know natural remedies rather than having to rely on medication because you know medication doesn't fix the issue it just makes you feel better you you can't rely on medicine the rest of your life and that's what a lot of doctors or big pharma will do just because that's what they're instructed to do so he's all about healing chronic diseases which is um really interesting because i mean you think about it like we all probably know at least one person in our life that has a chronic disease um so he's really big on that um he's even talked about spirituality which is interesting um because sometimes candidates will stray away from that or they'll they'll mix in their spirituality with politics but he talks about it separately like rather than talking about church and state um i think he was just like encouraging it in general you know like that's a weird approach like disconnecting it from politics and then his other big thing is peace for all um and i don't know if this is something jfk said because it's in quotes and there's a video of him (laughs) where i see this um but he he really is against violence and has seen how it takes over our nation in so many different aspects. So yeah, those are those are his five things. What are your guys' reaction? I raw reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I did not know anything about him. Yeah. Before this conversation. And Definitely this conversation has inspired me to start looking into all of the candidates and to start looking into which direction everything's heading Mm -hmm. because, I mean, of course, since 2016, the elections have just been getting very intense. I mean, they always have had a certain element of intensity to them. It's very important. And it causes a lot of controversy across the nation. But it just reminded me I really need to look into things and get a head start on it but it's interesting how he chose I find it very interesting how he chose to go independent and I also like you brought up Angela and this is what I've also been seeing is this idea of if you put an independent candidate into the mix now it's taking away from the two main parties and I'm and what will that look like yeah because I really really don't know which party he's going to be drawing from because I've I've seen, I mean, this is not reliable, but on TikTok, I've seen people who, I like videos of him speaking, like podcast clips or whatever, about his campaign, and I've seen a lot of comments being like, well, this is nice, but I'm still going to vote for Trump. Like, things like that, where they're like, oh, wow, this actually seems nice. Like, he's talking about how extreme politics have been, but I'm going to vote for this person. And I'm like, okay. I think, too, if this is another element to it, if he's possibly choosing to run independently to um, benefit a party that he would align with, mm-hmm. if he almost knows that him running independently it may not give him the best chance of winning, but it may allow candidates or think. parties he endorses to win. Because... That's just what this reminds me of. Yeah, like looking at his... 
beliefs. I see ideals from either side. I'm honestly surprised that he started in the Democratic Party because I see a lot more aligning with Republican. Um, so it's just interesting because I really don't know like honestly i don't know which side he's going to pull from so like let's say if he does and i've heard him talk about the candidates he does not want biden or trump to like he's against both of them not in the sense he hates them yeah so like i listening to him speak i'm like this is someone who i feel like is spreading the word of bridge because he's talked about I, he might even said bridge the gap don't take me on that <laughs> but he, I heard him talking about how extreme it's gotten mm-hmm. and we just need to focus on our middle ground rather than trying to solve the issue at the extreme and I really respect that so I found something about his um priority for an honest government and just reading this alone I know the government's gonna find a way to like I don't, mm, I probably shouldn't say this, but they're going to find a way to take him down one way or another. <laughs> um, this, this is a statement. A democratic government is supposed to be of, by, and for the people, but government institutions have betrayed our trust. The intelligence agencies spy on our own people. Government and tech platforms conspire to surveil and censor the public. Regulatory agencies have been captured by those they are supposed to regulate. Wall Street controls the SEC. Uh, pharma controls the CDC, NIH, and FDA. Big AG, I don't know that. Oh, agriculture controls the USDA. Big tech has captured the FTC. No wonder trust in the government is at all time low. It's time to earn it back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I, for me, I'm like, awesome. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, well, if he's running to be in charge of these things that benefit him, in the position I don't think he'll ever get to that position <laughs> just this is going more general but just how we elect the president like yeah. say all you want about the electoral college like itself with like you know each state having a certain amount of votes but like just like the winner take all aspect of it with only like Nebraska and Maine splitting up their votes to different candidates yeah it it just essentially eliminates any possibility of a third party or independent candidate from winning that office and i mean mean, like you say angela you're like reading his messages like very motivated by it Uh and um i'm sure so many people are too and that a lot of people are dissatisfied with the candidates who are running um on the Republican and Democratic side. But then, you know, we're all, a lot of people, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of people are, like, upset about this. They want new faces. But then come November next year, it's going to end up being one or the other winner take all. And honestly, that's a pretty gloomy outlook because... I mean, right now, it's like, you know, just the energy of the 2024 election is it's just starting to get going. But then that energy is just going to go to a potential rematch from yeah. three years ago. So it's kind of like, not what's the point, but it's like, a lot of this is just going to go mm-hmm. to pretty much nothing. And I think if we do want to see, like 
these other candidates who are a mix between the two parties, but then like, you know, when they're running in the primaries and it's only that party voting, yeah, then it's a harder chance for, you know, the more moderate of whoever's running to win. So, I mean, that's just my Yeah, I also on. saw something interesting because I was wondering, um, you know, which side he's going to be taking votes from. Mm-hmm. I was kind of correct. Um, Donald Trump is furious. <laughs> Uh, he said he uh, he made a statement upset that he thinks that RFK Jr. is threatening to take his votes um, in the 2024 election. And he also says that voters should not be deceived by anyone pretending to have conservative values. So he thinks everything he's saying is fake. Which, you know, he's running independent, so it's not like he has values of this or whatever. Yeah. And he said, nothing more than a vanity project for a liberal Kennedy looking to cash in on his family's name. And it's funny because I think he did quite the opposite. A mm. lot of his family are, like, disowning him for running independent because they're like, you know, we're a democratic name and you're trying to ruin our image. So it's definitely upsetting people. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how this does turn out next year, or if he'll actually, like, stay in the race for the full time, or if he'll drop out the floor. Also, with the GOP, like, uh, those debates, I mean, wow. Yeah, (laughs) I haven't watched the whole thing, but I can imagine. Yes, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that. Yeah, so I guess he won't have any debates, right? If he's independent, like... Yeah. I guess his rallies would be considered. Yeah, now I'm wondering, like, I wonder if he always was planning to step out of the race and become independent, and if maybe he just gained initial traction with, you know, running as the Democratic candidate, thinking, like, you know, you have to be in one of these parties. I'm not sure. I mean, we don't know the meaning. I'm... I'll see how things roll out, and also sometimes, um, you know, we've seen candidates who have a very clear statement on what they're going to do, and they switch up to try and get more votes, so I'm interested to see how it plays out, and if the candidates stay true to their word as, you know, the next year comes up. I feel like it's going to be really interesting a year from now. It will. What place for at? Who knows how things will stand. Nervous. Maybe he'll drop out altogether. (laughs) Alright, so um, it's from, so the article I found is from NPR titled, The the New World's Hottest Pepper, Pepper X, is three times <laughs> spicier than its predecessor. Did Elon Musk make it? <laughs> Who knows? Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, so, on like the, the Scoville um, scale to mm-hmm. you know, determine how hot it is, it has a two- 0.693 million Scoville heat units. Wow. Um, and the article provides like some comparisons, like a jalapeno. Um, I want to hear jalapeno because I, that's the hottest I'll go. <laughs> uh, 2,000 to 8,000. <gasps> okay. Compared okay. to you know, two point, basically 2.7 million. So I would die. And um, the previous holder, they say the Carolina Reaper. Uh, averaged at 1.64. <gasps> wow. 
Wow. What about Ghost Pepper? Is that um, on there? Oh, I think they mentioned. Because I thought that one was really hot, but that must have been below the Carolina Reaper then. So it's almost double the amount of spice. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And um, here, a person who um, ate it, uh, I'm going to read a direct quote from it. There's an intense burn that happens immediately. Then your head kind of feels like, oh no, what's going on? And then your body just starts reacting. You get in your arms, you get in your chest. It has no real throat burn like the Reaper, but that comes on later when you're in pain. <laughs> wow. Wow. I wonder if they're going to make a, a hot sauce out of it and put it on hot ones. Oh, that Do would you guys be watch funny. hot ones? I've watched Close, so I've yeah. never watched a whole episode. <laughs> I love the show Hot Ones on YouTube. I mm-hmm. think. And I think, too, because a lot of celebrities and public figures are often put into these stuffy interviews where it's very pre-planned. And I feel like when you put people in this environment of, like, it's fun, and Sean Evans, who's the host, his questions, I feel like, are so (laughs) in-depth, so well-researched. I think he is a great interviewer. But then at the same time, you have this factor of, like the celebrities and public figures eating things like that pepper and also trying to answer these serious in-depth questions and and i i (laughs) just i find it just so interesting to watch and that's it's crazy how they can make things that hot and then approve them for people to eat was there any information on where it was grown or who grew it like was it did they do it on purpose Um, i don't know how they make things hotter Okay, so I mean, it's genetics, right? Mm-hmm. Ed Curie, founder of Pucker Butt Pepper Company in South Carolina, <laughs> appeared on the YouTube show Hot Ones <gasps> to receive the Guinness My World favorite. Record um, and announce the spicy new variety to the world. I wonder how you measure it, the spiciness. I don't know. That's really interesting, the scale they have. Um, I wonder if it does have to be. It says, genius. for the Scoville scale, um, again, reading directly from it, uh, developed in 1912, the scale determines the heat of a pepper by measuring the concentration of its heat-wielding chemical compounds called, a word I do not know how to say, but it's chemical compounds. Okay. Interesting. Okay. That's... Should we do the hot ones challenge? Well, that, that could be a fun. That could be a fun <laughs> next podcast. Episode. And ask like really tough political questions. <laughs> like bridge event. I'm bad with heat, but I would do it. I'm awful with heat, but I like. We should get the hot chips. <gasps> I heard those are the awful. They have the little hot ones, hot sauces, like a kit. Yeah. Next episode. Okay, next episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be crying in pain. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this was a very all-around episode, but I think some good takeaways was just, you know, I feel like ever since the 2016 election, things have been pretty crazy um, as far as American citizens and politicians and extremists um, and their followers. So, you know, just... (laughs) I guess do your research the best you can and yeah, I guess don't expect professionalism in the people we vote for. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's that's kinda that's kinda the takeaway. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and thank you, Eric and Faith, for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, bye. Bye. bye.